Hello, potential listeners, potential listener, potential hundreds of thousands of listeners. Let's go big. Welcome once again to City Mouse Country Mouse. It's officially been named because I had to name it to pick the website. I am coming at you once again with my co-host, Miss Catherine O'Hara, and I being Nick Brown, and we're here to tell you and each other stories about living in the city. And in the country. There we go. Yeah. We're getting hot on that. Uh, As usual, I have uh, mixed myself a martini in this helpful audio. And I made us a logo, Nick. Oh, Oh, I love him. Oh, our, this is just our new logo. And that's, that, that's first try. Can you believe how good I am? Yeah, I don't think that there's any need to, to, to go to a second try. That's, I think we've, we've gone from beta to alpha in just a single stroke. <laughs> I like things to look uh, amateurish. <laughs> and amateurish it looks. Did we have a theme? I think we did, but uh, as the- per my standard practice now, I've forgotten it. It's bad dinner. Bad dinner, as in a dinner that was bad. Or it, it could be a good dinner. You can talk about, we were going to talk about dinner. But before we do that, uh, are there any updates from your life this week, Catherine? Oh, I forgot to think about updates. Um, well, um, that's why this is spontaneous. You see, they're I, catching you in the raw. It's like um, the audio equivalent of watching you come out of the shower. <laughs> and then realize I'm being recorded and getting all... Yeah, pissed. as... That doesn't happen to you when you come out of the shower. <laughs> Shara does it every time I get out of the shower. Oh, you have a, you have a. I live alone. Yeah, I, yeah. It would be creepier if it was happening to you. It would but be I don't creepier. know. You know, I came out of the shower once. It was after I was at this bar, and I, it was so it was like three a.m. I walked. You came home. out of the shower after this bar. Out of this uh, bar. I was in this smoky bar, and so I walked home. Oh, I see. Got in the shower. It's like three a.m. and I come out of the shower with a towel and my hair wet, and I hear somebody in the kitchen in the next room saying I'm trying to be good I'm trying to be good so it was this dude had followed me home from the bar uh this is where I I lived where I lived when you knew me in that Victorian little house downtown and uh he was coming did this person kill you am I talking to a ghost he he came in the kitchen when he was halfway in when I uh, and he was saying Kate I'm trying to be good and so I saw him like he was like his chest was in. He was coming in head first uh, over the kitchen sink, and he had plenty of. I've oh, he wasn't in. coming in through the door. No, through the window, and uh, and so I just like put my hands on his shoulders and just like shoved him back out, like, and called my friend who lived down the street. And, uh, she she came over she came over with her husband who's an ex marine and like scary dude and he like I, he's talked to him on the porch for about an hour and it was I think he scared him anyway oh nice that was a successful de escalation dude yeah it definitely was a successful non police involved de escalation of a you situation. know that house that house I lived in was. Uh, formerly occupied by Jim Fagan, who was a defense attorney here in Casper. Uh, Only the old timers will remember him, but he was sort of a famous for being this, you know, this character. Uh, Jim Jim Fagan uh, caught a a criminal in that same house, caught a a man who came in to steal. 
Wow. Uh, and he, he had his sons tie him up in the kitchen table, and he, like, lectured at him for hours. Like, all night long, he lectured at this guy who was breaking into their house. And, uh, like, read him Omar Khayyam, like, and, you know, made him sit through his philosophy lecture, I guess. And that man never stole again. And he never stole. He started. He and that got a job at the church. Was Jesus. <laughs> and that's how Bibles are made. Yep. Yeah. So that's the update. Is that you don't, <laughs> your update? You don't, that's not really an update from this week. I'll I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> but uh, but well, you didn't. You didn't. Know I came it. out of the shower ten years ago, and somebody was trying to come in my window. Is not really. Well, like, you know, it's a recurring theme in my life because uh, not because it keeps happening, but because I have a friend who knows this guy who came in my window and my friend Dave won't let me live it down. Like he'll, he'll bring up this incident at least once a week. He's, he'll say, remember that guy who tried to come in your window, dude, bad, bad, bad dinner for me. Well, was you didn't lime- ask me for my updates. Do you want to have it? Did you not want to hear them? You're sick to death of me at this point, aren't you? We're Nick and I are always afraid that we hate each other. <laughs> we're just, we're, let, let's. Oh no, you caught us hating each other again. <laughs> oh, what are your updates? Oh, I didn't have any. I just wanted you to ask. I just want you to care. I care yeah. about you, Nick Brown. Thanks. Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Tell me about dinner or a dinner or a bad well, dinner. Bad dinner for me was lima beans. Which okay. My sister is that the end of the story. Yeah, she would request them, and uh, and it pissed me off. She did it on purpose because she didn't mind them, and I hated them. I had to like eat them like pills. I just swallow them with a drink of milk one at a time. Whole anyway. Is that how you so, eat your pills? That's how I eat my pills <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> just uh, you, over and over. You must be a, a blast at a at a drug taking party. <laughs> I'm gonna need a glass of milk. Anyone? <laughs> I, I don't know what a to, drug taking party I, I, is. I do but. love drug taking parties. That's, that's what we call them. What's your party's theme? Drug taking? Huh. Feels like that's just a party. <laughs> um, but so my sister would constantly request lima beans, and my mom was so happy that her daughter was requesting vegetables that she would oh yeah of course so we were always having lima beans and uh so i had the classic standoff like well you're gonna sit there until you eat them and i was the kind of kid that would sit there until i died and so uh you died I, this is the second so, time. so i'm also a, a <laughs> in ghost. 23 minutes now you have died twice <laughs> and uh so my sister finally came down after dark, after I'd been sitting there forever, and my savvy older sister uh, came down and said uh, that I was being stupid, that I just okay. had to put the lima beans in my napkin and bury them at the bottom of the trash. And so I yeah. did. And I didn't do stuff like that. I was a pretty, like, scared of my parents type of kid. And, Isn't uh, it great when you have a sibling who helpfully informs you that you're stupid? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I did it and I was really scared. And uh, then so my sister went up and told my mom what I'd done. <laughs> so my mom came down and I didn't know. I didn't I didn't know at the time. Yeah, she's what good. a narc. I can't and, uh, believe that. <laughs> and so my mom comes down and said, did you eat your lima beans? And I just like nodded and I was really nervous. And I didn't know you had a sister. 
Yeah. Skylar. And, uh, does she still exist? And so my mom, Oh yeah, she's exists in Lawrence. And, uh, uh, so my mom said, did you really? And I had to lie again. And then she went to the trash. She got out the trash can and started going through it. And she finally came to the wadded up napkin of lima beans. And she made me, she didn't make me eat those lima beans, but she remade them on the stove. Oh, really? She made me some more. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, it was funny. I mean, and I just I don't think that's them. a parenting win, honestly. Well, no, this, so it's not over. And so I would need him, would need him. And so she and my dad finally came and said, well, you can either eat your lima beans or you can just go straight to bed right now. And so I went to bed and it was still light out, you know, and, uh, and then, so finally I kind of fell asleep and then they came in and like, they never talked to me together. It's the only time I remember them really together on something. And, uh, they came in and woke me up and said, your dad and I talked about it and we think you need to eat your lima beans. <laughs> so they got me out of bed to eat my lima beans. <laughs> that was your first talking to? Maybe not your well, first. No, but it was like the first time. I mean, I just don't remember them together, talking together, just being together that often. I mean, we all live together, but they were definitely yeah. united in that front. Like it was... Your they found something I. that they had in common. This, yeah, they it, both, it rekindled their marriage. They, they loved manners. I mean... They love, I mean, my dad was just really sure that I was going to have dinner with the president someday and that I needed to know how to hold my fork and like, you don't stab your salad. You lift the leaves with your fork. Did you, you don't, you, Nick Brown would never stab your salad, right? No. Like, Are you kidding? Stabbing a salad? That's akin to, I don't know, genocide. <laughs> Are you kidding? Stabbing a salad? Catherine, are you kidding? But, you know, so, so my dad was big on manners, so I guess it could have been worse. That was a bad dinner, Nick. That was, that was one of my worst. So in the course of your childhood, were there other talkings to by oh, your parents? A, like a mother mutual talkings to, or is that the, the sole? They, they sat me down once in, I don't, I think maybe I was in fourth grade because, uh, they said I was being mean to this girl named Teak Clark. Well, I she's named say. after Wood. I mean, I mean, I think she was like a poor, uh, a poor soul. And, uh, uh, well, that makes it much more yeah. sympathetic that she's named after a Wood. Oh, I actually poor, kind of this, like it now. This poor soul, Nick. I'm oh gonna name God. my daughter Teak. Yeah, Teak Teak Brown, like teal, Teak Teal Brown. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't get to keep teal. I don't think it would be. It would be Strano Brown Stranovsky or Stranovsky Brown, if we were hyphenating. Oh, also, I forgot to say earlier, existing in Lawrence is a great novel name. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was in reference to your sister a while ago. She's existing. She's in existing Lawrence. in Lawrence. Who's Lawrence? So that's oh. your story. That's a good that's story. Yeah, I like yeah. that the lima bean dilemma is what I'd yeah. title it. Yes, that's the title. How do you know? <laughs> oh, you've already titled it. You but this this is published already. <laughs> the New Yorker called. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't read the lima bean dilemma. <laughs> Technically, they said it was by John Cheever, but no. <laughs> That's my nom de plume. 
So this is a visual thing that I'm being shown, but it looks like a mouse. This is a, a potential like a, logo design, just like to clarify in, in words what is being held up on the camera in front of me. We still like this guy. So it is a, uh, a mouse, and on either side of his head are two scales, uh, the medieval type, the kind you saw in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, say, where they're measuring the witch, the weight of the witch with a chain going from the center of those scales and being held aloft by a hummingbird. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. That's cool. It is a hummingbird. Which seems to me a little biased towards the country mouse side of things. (laughs) No, but so what you maybe didn't see is this grip from this human uh, pincer here, uh, right here. See, that's like a fingers, finger to thumb holding. Oh, I see. That's oh, and the other side is being held aloft by both a hummingbird and human fingers. So that's the city side, and then the yeah, side. okay, yeah, human fingers. There's, it's true that to me the ultimate representation of urbanity is human fingers, because <laughs> they touch everything. They everything touch that you've everything. touched has previously been touched. That's the problem with New York City. <laughs> yeah, that's how, you, that's how you live in New York. You're just aware that everything you've touched, somebody else touched first. That's why we, we have COVID. We, we like to be the first people to touch something yeah. here in Wyoming. We like to breathe on you in New York. Just If you've never, if you've never visited, New York is the city where, uh, where strangers breathe on you. <laughs> I think de Blasio is making that our motto. It's on the license plates oh yeah well we don't drive cars oh what about your your dinner yeah i was gonna tell you about my dinner i got a dinner to tell you about so uh between last week and this week the elitism is gonna run real high on this podcast because i'm about to tell a story from my childhood about a dinner in a city but i want to make clear before i tell this that I'm aware of how silly my childhood was. This story takes place in a time when my father was an ambassador and I was living in an ambassador's residence in Vienna, Austria. Good, because I want to hear more about that. I don't know much about that. Yeah, uh, just... This is cool. Picture a sort of continuous orgasm, and that was kind of it. How old were you when you lived there? When I when I had my four year orgasm, yeah, uh, I was there from seventh grade to eleventh grade. Nice. So, when I was kind of figuring out the world, my universe involved a version of the world that no one, including me, gets to live with ever, ever again. Hmm. We had two maids clean the house for us, which is insane. I never had to clean my room from. 8th grade through 11th grade I never cleaned my room and we had a cook I, uh, neither did I <laughs> <laughs> go ahead I mean that's true of a lot of people but my room was clean is the difference <laughs> my room was continually cleaned yes yeah I also nice. had a balcony my Ooh. childhood bedroom I had a balcony overlooking the sound overlooking sadly just the driveway but you know you take Good what you enough. can enough yeah And we had two maids. We had a cook. There was a 24-hour guard, at least in the last year we were there, because of some anti-American sentiment due to the Yugoslav War. 
Yeah. Uh, due to which due to which war? Uh, the war in Yugoslavia, the, uh, the the former Yugoslavia, the Serbo-Croatian War in, in the nineties, and we had also various be- other service is personnel. Is it because we? Is it because Clinton dropped those bombs on Kosovo? Uh, we didn't drop was... the bombs on Kosovo. We I, well, I mean, we did a little bit, but it was mostly on Belgrade. It was on Belgrade. Yeah. Fuck. Well. Yeah, it, it was a complicated. We can talk about that when we get into the geopolitical episode of City Mouse, Country Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> the geopolitical analysis episode of City Mouse, Country Mouse. It's like we, the country mouse is asking, well, why did you, why did you drop that bomb? In which we finally figure out who was right in the Balkan War. What about, then what about we'll, the, the Boer War? Yeah. Well, obviously, we're going to do our wartime episodes. Those are going to be a series. War, war history series. <laughs> the war history series. 150 weeks where we dissect all of history's most most and least famous wars. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, I lived in obscene luxury. I mean, offensive luxury. Uh, I think we had perfect. nine bedrooms or 11 bedrooms or, and a thousand bathrooms. We had a conservatory. We had a garden. It was, it was, it was Ooh, a, a conservatory. Yeah. That's, which that's, is only a place you hear of in terms of murder of Mr. Clue. Plum. Yes. Dr. Plum. Pro- Professor Plum. Plum. Professor Plum. I knew he had some title. So we're in this house, and the purpose of an ambassador is to present some version of the country from which you come in a reasonably positive light to the country in which you are, a detail that is grotesquely overlooked by every appointee of the Trump administration, but let's forget that for the moment. So you... A lot of what you do is just host parties mm. or or run events because the goal is to say, you know, the goal runs over from the 18th, 19th century where the goal was just to say, hey, this is what my country looks like, guys. If you see my country, you won't be as antagonistic towards it. Of course, the U.S. is this giant hegemon during the period we're there, so... You know, we don't really have to do that because we're so grotesquely powerful at that period. Not that we aren't at some level still, but then it was overwhelming. And we, the ambassadors, held a Thanksgiving party because we had to. Uh, uh, At your house? Not because we had to, had to, but because we wanted to get people involved in this and and to be fair we actually held two thanksgiving parties we held one for all of the foreign dignitaries and we held one for all of the staff of the u.s embassy as a sort of thank you for their work and a way to celebrate thanksgiving now on this particular thanksgiving party this particular dinner my grandmother was living with us and my grandmother was a deeply demented woman Mm. and i don't mean that in a slanderous sense I just mean that technically she was an old old woman who probably had Alzheimer's but was never diagnosed with it this was 1996 I believe and she I I mean self-evident Alzheimer's things she 
I was in a piano lesson once and she found that her bra had a tear in it. So right behind me and the piano teacher, she took off her shirt and her bra and started sewing it together. And then we turned around and discovered that she was topless behind us. Yeah, I mean, she was sewing. She was quite unclear about where she was a lot of the time. She... Was she was she upset some of the time, or was she pretty? Yeah, silly? she would get angry periodically. Mm-hmm. She was she was a very old woman, and yeah. her husband had died about ten years beforehand, and she was staying with us because we had a lot of support staff, so it was easier for her to stay with us. Nice. And it wasn't a terribly long period, but she was there, and and I loved my grandmother from what I can remember of her. But she was old and she was fairly demented. So that's one detail yeah. you need to know. Demented grandma. A second detail that you need to know. Yeah. Is that our cook was a gentleman named Anton. Mm. And Anton was Austrian. And he had made the turkey a big turkey the night before and he had left it out overnight uncovered or covered he did something and I don't I'm not versed in turkey but I will tell you he had done something critically wrong Uh about turkey Uh and that the turkey was inedible this 25 Uh pound turkey this enormous turkey a turkey Uh that you know the white whale of turkeys the turkey was totally inedible and rotted from the inside and my mother knew this and said so what what, did your guests like it well so we knew that we couldn't serve it to people to eat oh you didn't serve it but we spent a fair amount of money on this turkey and the turkey looked great so we thought we'll centerpiece it on the table and we'll say don't eat this do, do not, not eat, eat with a sign no. that says "Do not eat." So yeah, and you invited all the poor people in the like in the, silica in the gel. Village. <laughs> yeah, we invited all the embassies. <laughs> yeah, we invited we invited a number of paupers to come and stare. We invited at the it. maid and her family. <laughs> yeah, through a window. We put it directly in front of the main window of the house, and and we invited everyone to press their faces against that window. <laughs> it's okay. So you the turkey sat on the table. As a centerpiece, but an inedible centerpiece. And the inedible centerpiece on the table is sitting there. And my ancient, ancient grandmother is Uh, sitting in the corner of the room. uh, And the third vital detail to what happens next that you need to understand is that we had a Labrador retriever. A lab. Okay. Cool. So that's all of the background that's necessary here. Okay. At Thanksgiving... It's traditional for the ambassador to give a toast to the staff and to everybody who has come there and to stand on the stairs for it. And it is a moment of great decorum. (laughs) My grandmother is in the corner of the room and my father (laughs) mounts the staircase so that he can be elevated in order to give the speech he's been working on for several days now. Yes. It's about 750 words, Mm. which is long for a toast. Let me just, quick aside here. If you're ever asked to give a wedding toast, write it out 
Never, ever, ever let it be more than 600 words. You're welcome. So he mounts the stairs to give his toast, which is slightly longer than a wedding toast. Or maybe it's slightly shorter. I don't know. I didn't word count it. I was 15. And the turkey is on the table in the back, this rotting turkey that is inedible. And the Labrador Retriever is somewhere. And my grandmother is right next to me at the table. And the room is silent because the ambassador has mounted the stairs and all of the staff work for him, so they have to be silent. And he begins a toast about what Thanksgiving means in the American vision for the world Mm. and how, despite our flaws, there is a decency that the best parts of us embody and that we all ought to aspire to and couldn't humanity be this. And as he's beginning this, my grandmother, who has previously been served because she's ancient and will never be able to access the buffet, starts eating enormously loudly in the way <laughs> that deaf people eat. <laughs> just, just imagine banging on a glass with a fork, and that's what it sounded like. Uh, and in an effort to preserve the decorum of the moment, my mother eyeballs me and asks me to stop her from eating. So I sort of nudge her. Again, there's probably a hundred people in the room. And I elbow her, and her response is, Nicholas! (laughs) Stop it! Stop nudging me. Which the whole room stares at, and I do my best to pretend that I have not been assaulting my grandmother. And then... Silence is regained, and there is another noise, a secondary noise, that was not previously there, apart from my grandmother's chewing and the speech that everybody is nominally paying attention to, and it is a shuffling. It's a gentle kind of noise, and if you were to look over at the back of the room, it's the Labrador Retriever has discovered that though he cannot reach the turkey himself, he can reach the tablecloth upon which the turkey is set. Mm. And so he has it in his teeth. And he is gently but persistently pulling backwards. (laughs) Did you preserve the decorum of the moment? No. uh, He pulled the entire buffet to the floor and it collapsed in a moment of utmost chaos. My grandmother screeched. <laughs> good. My father abandoned his toast. The turkey, <laughs> rotted turkey, lay stricken on the floor. Oh. And the table in... Fortunately, there were multiple tablecloths on the buffet because it was we were serving via buffet. So not everything was lost. But the, <laughs> but the turkey, turkey... I'm glad the turkey was lost. Yeah, the turkey was lost. There was a back, we had multiple backup turkeys because the turkey was rotten. And the dog ate the shit out of that turkey. You, nobody stopped him before? You guys no. just kind of watched him eat that turkey? Well, it was rotten. It was dead to the world. And he'd already right. pulled it to the floor. It, it, there was, I mean, there was only so much you're willing to do to teach a lesson. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's not true. As you've illustrated previously, we took the dog... And we sat him down in his room 
And we said to the dog, you're either not going to eat that turkey or you're going to go straight to bed. <laughs> it's weird how, you know, we have two different stories, but <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, but ultimately, it's I same. guess this week's episode is about parenting. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I think we can say what that the important thing here is that if someone or something does or does not want to eat a particular thing, it's a vague lesson to be sure. <laughs> then you ought to sit that person or thing down <laughs> and give it an option to eat whatever it is or to go to bed. <laughs> and maybe it will do one of those things. Or the other. <laughs> I don't know. You have any other lessons from this week? Did you learn anything? I didn't learn anything. I learned. <laughs> okay, me neither. Um, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> That's the hardest thing to draw. I, I do like when you said, in an effort to preserve the decorum of the moment. <laughs> I think that should be the title of my new book. <laughs> Is it's the, ironic. Is the, is the sequel to Existing in Lawrence. Yes, yes. It's like a parasite's life. It's a memoir of a parasite. Existing in Lawrence in an effort to pres- preserve the decorum of the moment. <laughs> the first one's just about the life up until the point where he tries to flush out the parasite. <laughs> and then the flushing of the parasite is in an effort to preserve the decorum. It works. <laughs> <laughs>